going on? Still quarantine. I feel like we don't have to give updates on that anymore because everyone else is still quarantined. So when everyone else is released, then we will be released. But what about our listeners in New Zealand who are all pretty much back to normal? They need to know. God bless them and their government. God bless them and their <laughs> female leader. If only. Uh, yeah. So. Like. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's I'm not bitter. It's the end of humanity. It's fine. It's the end of times. Yeah. That's what so, today's episode is on. No. The, uh, today's <laughs> episode is on something horrible. Um, oh, I, fun. I teased it real quick at the end of last week's episode. You did. But. Um, that's before I even finished all of the research on it. So now that I've finished all the research on it, yeah, this one is worse than uh, lots Lickens. of the other cases that we talked about. It's Sylvia bad. Likens was my bad one. Yeah, Sylvia Likens and like James Bolger and like the the, the ones James that like Bolger was kids. Tough. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those yeah. are rough. This those, one. I don't know why we still do them. We just got to talk about everything. Do. Everything yep. we got to talk about. Yep. But yeah, this one is uh, graphically rough. And I will alert everyone at the point that that happens. But yeah, it's a doozy. Fun. So are we ready to jump right in? No, but I don't really have a choice. All right. Well, here we go. This is the story of Ayanna Kazian and kind of Blake Libel. And okay. So, spoiler alert, if you don't know about the case, Blake Libel is the douchebag in this, uh, in this scenario. And, but um, her marriage to Ryan Reynolds is so nice. They're such a cute couple. I get it. Blake Lively. <laughs> uh, I like the... I get it. At <laughs> I, I first I was like, huh? And then I was like, oh yeah. Um, so, yeah. What I thought was pretty bullshit is that I found all of this information on Blake Libel. And I couldn't find a lot of backstory information on Ayanna Kazian, which we'll get mm. to in a little bit. So I'm sorry that I'm saying the whole backstory of this douchebag, but it is pertinent to the story. You need to know like who he is, what he's about, before I can tell you what he did. So It's almost like they focus on the male perpetrator more than the female victim. Always. Always. I haven't heard of that before. So, Blake Libel... Um, and his older brother, Cody, grew up very privileged and white in Canada. Hmm. Yeah, one of those. Nice. Uh, their father, Lorne, was actually a former Olympian sailboat racer, which I did not know was an Olympic sport. It is. I knew somebody. I used to teach sailing when I was in high school, and one of the people I taught with was in college and actually went out for the Olympic sailing team. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, he was on the Canadian sailboat team, and uh, then he turned to a flamboyant billionaire real estate developer who built tens of thousands of suburban houses across Canada. So, nice. kind of a flip there. Um, uh, one person, you'd be surprised. I guess I don't know. I don't. I don't know that the trajectory for an Olympic sailboat racer was then real estate developer. But just famous people end up becoming real estate agents, like at the drop of a hat. Or That's the drop true. of a show, for lack of a better... <laughs> uh, so one person that knew Lauren described him as, quote, the best playboy of all playboys, end quote. 
Hmm. Um, he owned a fleet of Ferraris, and the Libel estate spanned 300 acres in Toronto's exclusive Forest Hill neighborhood. Ooh. So, very fancy. Oh, wow. Um, still, scandal uh, marred his achievements. In 1976, he became the first Canadian Olympian to test positive for illegal drug use when his urine sample revealed a banned stimulant. Okay, because I was going to say, what performance-enhancing drugs are you using in sailing? Yeah, right? I don't know. Sometimes stimulant. <laughs> anyway. Um, meanwhile, his personal life had become the target of some exposés, legal battles, and allegations of drugs, prostitutes, and sexually transmitted disease, all which he denied. Of course he would. But we're not saying it's not true. Mm, um, sounds about right. Resulting in that... Lauren and his wife Eleanor separated when Blake and Cody were children, but they remained married. So they lived apart, but they didn't get like officially divorced. Yeah. Um, Eleanor Chitel also came from wealth. Her father had built a plastics empire from a small business. Um, she brought to the family a less fortunate inheritance. Blake's maternal grandmother, Leonia, uh, suffered from, quote, long bouts of severe mental illness, end quote. Um, that was according to a, a report in, in Canada's National Post. Okay. So, yeah, this is a very reported-on family, so that's probably why I can find more information about him than his victim. Yeah. Um, but after their parents split, Cody stayed with Lorne. Blake lived with Eleanor. Cody was the sportier one of the two and Lorne's favorite, According to a family friend, Lauren even went so far as to buy Cody's hockey coach a house to ensure his son made the team. What? Sounds like a little bit of paying for your child to get into college situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just saying, Lori Laughlin, she worked in Canada. She worked in Canada for a long ass time. I'm not saying that Something maybe this inspired Canadians. her, but... <laughs> Um, uh, so Blake felt left out and his, um, his relationship with his father kind of tormented him. Boo-hoo. Um, a close friend said, quote, he always seemed very scared of his father. He wanted to impress him and prove that he was, you know, not a mistake. He tried to earn his father's love. It was just very hard for him to do. End quote. Oh, I could, I could think of right off the top of my head. Some people like that starts with a t yeah. ends in a rump. Um, after attending University of Western Ontario, Blake joined a group of college friends who moved to L.A. He began networking, pitching zany, fanciful ideas about science fiction, psychology, and murder. Some of these were dark. Uh, his enthusiasm for hardcore gore made an impression on more than one close friend. We're going to get to it. Okay. Um, around 2006, Libel met uh, Amanda Braun, who was a slender, dark-haired former model who grew up in San Luis Obispo, California. Mm -hmm. Libel and Braun hung out at Soho House in West Hollywood, where Libel was a member. And for several months, they lived together in the Chateau Marmont, um, Shit. where they went largely unnoticed. Yeah, Chateau Marmont, for anybody who's not uh, in the area or in the know, it's a very, very fancy place to live in so California. Wanky. There's only yes. 63 rooms yeah. total. And it's a very that's large it. building. So Yes, yes, <laughs> that's, yes, that's... Uh, it's quite large. It is quite large, and it's, um, it is a hotel, but there's 63 rooms. That's how exclusive yeah. it is. Um, Braun often attended parties without Libel, who preferred to stay at home. 
By the time that they were married in 2011, she was already pregnant with a baby boy. Around this time, Leibel's mother, Eleanor, was dying of brain cancer. So, um, allegedly, Leibel began acting out. He would throw tantrums if he didn't get his way. How old is he? He's a grown adult man. I understand. That's what I thought. I understand your mother being sick and being a parent that you are close to is very, very hard on you. But you can't throw tantrums if you don't get your way. That's not how we do things. (sighs) Yeah. So one friend said, quote, there was a lot of verbal abuse. It didn't get violent, but there was a lot of yelling, end quote. He berated people and then he apologized. He disliked being alone. And um, unfortunately, later that year, Eleanor passed away. According to friends of Bronze and Libels, Eleanor's intention had been to leave a bulk of her wealth to Blake, but some significant portion of the money went to Lorne instead. Libel's friends said that he believed Lorne managed to change Eleanor's will at the last minute, so Libel contested the will in court, but he lost. So he still did get, like, a chunk of money, like a nice chunk of money. Yeah, but, but it wasn't not, enough. Not enough for him. Not as much yeah. as he originally thought he was going to be getting. Yeah, imagine the tantrum he threw then. Oh, yeah. So one of Libel's only remaining Canadian friends, Jeremy Tenzer, worked as an agent's assistant that was able to broker a deal Libel had with the actor Wilmer Valderrama, who published some of Libel's graphic novels, including one called Operation Redux, which is about Nazis in New York City's Twin Towers. But wait, 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 wait. Fez is publishing this? Um... That's what I found in... Wilmer Valderrama. Yeah, that's what I found in the article that I referenced this from. It's from The Hollywood Reporter. So no, I trust it. I'm if you just, got something wrong with it, take it up with them. No, no, no. I don't have a problem with it. I just... I didn't know he was in the publishing business. I thought he was in the grooming teenage pop stars to be his girlfriend's business. I don't know. Maybe he's connected in some way to the publishing business. Like, you needed, hey, like, a famous person possible. to be like, hey, publish this. So, um... Anything is possible. But you totally skipped over the fact that one of his graphic novels was about Nazis living in the Twin Towers. Yeah, I was more concerned about Fizz. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Well, um... After that, allegedly Lionsgate even approached Libel in 2014 to make a TV series out of another one of his works called Syndrome. And remember this, because we're going to talk more about it later. This is very important. How could I forget? It's the main villain in The Incredibles. Yes. Which, very Um, similar story. Boy does not get enough attention. Boy throws tantrum. Boy becomes huge villain. (laughs) Kills many people. I'll get into what Syndrome is about. And uh, it's not great. So, um, as far as his personal life was going, Libel filed for divorce from Braun, leased an apartment on Holloway, which we will talk about in a little bit. And he lived there with his new girlfriend, 29-year-old, recent arrival from the Ukraine, Ayanna Kazian. Okay. And that's who this story is kind of centered on. Yes. Kazian was born in Kiev, Ukraine, but one article said she was actually born in Estonia, and right after she was born, her family moved to the Ukraine. So I'm not 100% on where she was actually born, but she spent her childhood in the Ukraine. Yeah. Um, her father She's labored... Ukrainian. Yeah, right? It's wherever you kind of grew up, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just saw a post the other day and it was like, I was born in the Bronx, but then I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina when I was four. 
And so this person was just like, so you're from Charlotte. Yeah. You're not a New Yorker because you As were in like, born I'm there. from the Bronx. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Same deal. Um, her father labored in a Navy yard and her mother, Olga, worked in healthcare. Kazian studied law in her home country and worked as a prosecutor at the Ukrainian tax service. In 2014, she emigrated to the United States from the Ukraine and worked as a model in California. We love a smart, pretty, savvy lady. But. But. There's always a but. In addition to Kazian, uh, Libel had begun seeing a third woman, Constance Bukafuri. And she was a storyboard artist uh, who he had met several years earlier. And according to her IMDb, IMDb page, her major credits include Frozen and the Aladdin remake, the live action one. Oh, so she doesn't really do um, that much. No, nothing at all. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you think that? Um, so Blake purchased another house on North Gardner Street in West Hollywood and Book of Fury moved in. A source says, quote, Blake would refer to her as his fiance and sometimes his wife, end quote. Book of Fury confirmed. I hate that. Yeah. So he's got three ladies he's working on. Um, uh, he's got three ladies he's working on, but like also that's a pet peeve when guys are like oh this is my wife and she's his girlfriend yeah not engaged it's a pet peeve it's a pet peeve it's like you know what put in the work yeah right (laughs) um so burke fury confirmed his love in an email saying quote blake was obsessed with me he loved me very much end quote sure um but after only six weeks they had split up I'm uh, I Book for of one Fury shocked. Con- continued to live in the Gardner Street house uh, that he had bought. So I guess he's just like bankrolling all these ladies, which is weird. Um, Mommy's inheritance. You got to do something with it. I guess. Oddly, about a month later, Book of Fury reached out to Braun, who is Libel's ex-wife. The two began corresponding about Libel and Cassian. They became united in their hatred of her, agreeing that she was the real, like root of their problems and mm-hmm. that they wanted her to have her deported they texted each other regularly as if they were friends rather than romantic rivals so ah. they're fighting for this same like kind of a dumpy douchebag like he ain't cute <laughs> like it's it's like john tucker must die but with an uggo yeah i will put pictures well i mean we'll post on the instagram but i'll also put pictures on the website I mean, I wouldn't have three people fighting. I, it's clearly money. Like, they have dollar signs I was about to eyes. say. I was about yeah. to say. He, they're seeing him through green-colored glasses. Yeah, because no one's fighting for this kind of douchebag. Anyway. Yeah. On May 3rd, 2016, Kazian gave birth to her and Libel's daughter, Diana. Almost immediately after the birth, though, Libel's behavior went from erratic to inexplicably disruptive um, according to the Kazian family attorney, Finkel, all in a matter of days. He said, quote, things started to get a little bit strange. Blake flipped out, end quote. At home, he kept the windows closed and the curtains drawn, though Olga, um, when she visited, would throw them wide open. He blasted the air conditioner at all times, even in the baby's room, which is not great. You can't have it that fucking no. cold for a newborn baby. No. When Kazian explained... Uh, Libel told her uh, when Kazian complained I'm sorry Libel told her to go to her mother's place um, 
Olga Kazian was um, staying in a nearby apartment. She had like come in to like help with her new granddaughter, of course, as like a loving grandmother. Yeah. Um, so Ayana would stay there for a night or two and then return, and then the fighting would start again, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, Libel, meanwhile, continued to smoke pot, filling the apartment with fumes. Finkel said, quote, he got really dark, end quote. Hmm. About two weeks after Diana's birth, Bukafuri filed a rape allegation against Libel, according to court documents. Bukafuri said the assault actually occurred months earlier when she and Libel first started dating and that Libel had assaulted her multiple times and infected her with an STD for which she had to seek treatment. Shit. Despite... Yeah. Um, despite these attacks, she said she, quote-unquote, forgave him. No. Uh, Ladies, li- no. Don't no. do it. Don't do it. If a Not boy cute. gives you a stitty, you gotta leave. You gotta go. Also, because, like, he just, like, left his wife who had two kids, and then, like, he's with you, and then he's with this other girl that he got pregnant. Like, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. He's a piece Not of shit. It. But also, it takes a huge piece of shit to knowingly give a woman that you are seeing and claim to care about an std yeah you gave her a disease one that could affect her for the rest of her life depending yeah um but libel said uh tenzer had asked tenzer for his help in evicting bukafuri from the gardner street house they once shared now about a month later she was pressing charges Police arrested Libel, and according to Tenzer and several others, uh, they tased him. Good. So, obviously, he's not cooperating. It's electric. Boogie, 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 boogie. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, so, apparently, friends of Braun say uh, she told them the tasering threw him into a, quote, psychologically angry state of mind, end quote. I can't imagine tasering anyone makes anyone calmer. No. No. no, it can't be like a chill thing to do. Yeah, I. Hmm. Putting electricity into somebody's body. What could go wrong? It's a sedative, Not if fun. you ask me. Yeah. So, in a turn of events, Kazian called Braun to post Libel's $100,000 bail. What? Yeah. Finkel said, quote, it got freaky and bizarre. Blake and Ayana had just had a kid together and suddenly she's bailing him out for sexual assault with his ex-wife. End quote. What? 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 Yeah, it's very confusing. Um, so now we're going to get into the crime. Uh. This is where it gets like real dicey for the next like 10, 15 minutes as I read through this. So. But we were having so much fun. No, no fun. No fun no more. Um, Like I had said, tensions were high after baby Diana was born. Allegedly, Kazian, who was still recovering from a C-section, refused to have sex with Libel when he asked her, so he threatened to leave her. Did she refuse or was she medically not allowed? That's what I want to know. Well, if you had a baby three weeks ago and you just had a C-section. Yeah. From my you're probably limited, not in the mood. Yeah, you're probably not in the mood. <laughs> but from my limited knowledge, I believe they tell you six to eight weeks you're supposed to yes. wait after a traumatic medical procedure. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, but also, fuck you. I just had your baby, and you're fucking being a douchebag. I just bailed you out of jail for sexual assault. Like, right. what the fuck right. do you want? Yes. Goddamn clown. 
well, you know what he wants, but he should not be asking for it. No, you've got three girlfriends. Go yes. to one of them. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, so he constantly asked her if he could leave her for another woman, which uh, now you're asking me for my permission? Like, uh, okay. I don't fucking know. What is he expecting um, her to say? Yes? Fuck, I don't know, man. <laughs> so, but Kazian was so bound to him. I mean, obviously, yeah. financially, like she was living in a place he purchased. Like, they had a child together. Yeah. And I'm going to guess maybe her immigration status. I, I don't know what her status was, but she had immigrated from the ukraine two three years ago three years prior four years prior yeah so she was but even like i don't know no but even beyond that like he he's very powerful he's very well connected yeah she is not who's to say that he wouldn't out of spite out of retaliation what have you like for example sue her for everything make her broke yeah. sue for sole custody well of the baby i was gonna mention this i was gonna mention this a little farther towards the end <clears throat> but in the hollywood reporter article they go into like his whole backstory blake Lavell's backstory mm -hmm. and there's a lot more information on his brother cody so apparently his brother cody was um a high stakes gambler in like this poker ring oh, that nice. is referred to as molly's game it's, like it's it's all of these celebrities would play in these poker games okay. this actually became an aaron sorkin film of the same name oh yeah so maybe that's a whole other episode so i'm not even really delving into that but apparently the year before he met Cassian, libel was really really nervous about cody's gambling debts um because in the gambling ring there was like a lot of uh like russian mobsters and yeah he was Cody Libel was not a good gambler. Like, apparently he lost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, Blake Libel was really, really afraid that these mobsters would come after him and his family um, if his brother couldn't pay up. Right. So, that's what, I, like, that's kind of all happening in the background of this, but it didn't really affect Ayanna Kazian, who I think this story is mostly about. So, that's why I didn't get into this whole thing. But yeah, no, I will link sense. the... Hollywood Reporter article on the website if you want to read all that. There's also, I think, a 48 hours talking about this case, so it it delves more into that, but that could be a factor as to why he was being so controlling and so like paranoid and everything, but I also think it's kind of a bullshit excuse. Once I get into what actually happened, that's fucking wild. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, moving back. So, Kazian was, like I said, bound to him financially with a child, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so, she agreed to let her baby live with her mother in order to focus on her relationship with Libel. Uh, I got that information from one source, but then I also found a source that said that the baby was found near her mother's body once she is, oh. spoiler alert, murdered. The baby's, the baby's alive. Okay. So don't be concerned about that. But um, I found one source that said that the baby was going to be living with uh, Olga Kazian and then another source that said something else. So don't come for me. There were two babies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there's multiple babies. <laughs> yes, because there are multiple babies. Amanda Braun has babies. Well, um, and also Blake Libel's a huge baby. Yeah. Um, Olga Kazian said, quote, he was controlling her like a hawk. He wanted her to do everything he wanted, end quote. 
Um, while Olga and Ayana were shopping together on May 23rd, 2016, Ayana received several text messages from Libel. Her whole attitude changed within seconds, and she told her mother, quote, I'm going to him, end quote. And this was the last time Olga Kazian ever saw her daughter alive. Oh, wow. So, this is where it gets rough. On the afternoon of May 26, 2016, police entered Kazian and Libel's blood-filled condo on Holloway Drive in West Hollywood. It's a block south of the Sunset Strip and the Viper Room, just down the hill from the Bird Street, where stars like Dr. Dre and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio have owned homes, so it's a bougie fucking area. Well, yeah, and the Viper Room is rumored to be cursed. Yes, we will do a separate episode on that. They're very close to the Viper Room, which immediately set off red flags for me. I don't know why anybody with any knowledge of real estate would buy a place near there, but what do I know? Do you want to know something else related to how creepy it is? Robert Durst, the alleged killer, alleged quote-unquote, quote-unquote, showcased in the popular HBO miniseries The Jinx, maintained an apartment across the street. Cursed. So this is an area fraught with murder and terror. What the fuck, man? Yeah. So when the police arrived at the bedroom on the building's far northwest corner, they found that the door was shut and locked. They announced themselves and then tried kicking the door in, but it wouldn't budge. Somebody had braced furniture against it. A man inside shouted at them. Eventually, he moved the furniture and allowed them in. When they entered the bedroom... Police found Kazian's body. She was on the bed, mutilated and covered in a Mickey Mouse blanket. There were bite marks on her face and defensive wounds on her arms and wrists. Standing beside her in only boxers, showing very little concern, was her boyfriend, father of her three-week-old baby girl, minor Hollywood director, graphic novelist, and local douchebag, Blake Libel. (laughs) So... He acted surprised when the police confirmed that Kazian was dead and said, quote, well, then I guess you'll have to find out who did it, end quote. When I tell you the extent of her injuries, there was no doubt that she was very, very dead. Looking at the bloody scene, the police thought it looked as though Libel had been wiping the walls and moving furniture to destroy evidence. No shit. Yeah. In his deposition, Detective Robert Martindale said that he had never seen a crime scene quite like this one, but the look on Libel's face was familiar. Detective Martindale said, quote, he didn't care that she was dead. It's kind of that sociopath type of look on his face, like, I don't care that she's dead, I didn't do it. He had no feelings whatsoever, end quote. The police searched the rest of the apartment and found blood evidence throughout, including, quote, quite a bit within two bedrooms and other locations, end quote, according to one deputy. News reported the crime scene as grisly and possibly the most gruesome murder in the history of West Hollywood, if not Los Angeles. Los Angeles County Coroner uh, Dr. James Ribes' deposition stated, and this is where it gets very graphic, so go ahead and skip ahead if you don't want to hear that. I can't. I know. You're stuck here. Quote, Kazian's entire scalp was traumatically absent and was not found, not present with the body. Her skull had been stripped down to the surface of the bone. There was no scalp present except for little bits at the back of her neck. Portions of the right side of her face were torn away, including the right ear and part of the posterior face on the right side, all the way down to her jawline. 
There were quite a number of bruises and abrasions on the face, primarily on the left side, the left cheek, and the left jaw area. A number of bruises and abrasions, including uh, one which turned out to be a human bite mark. She had lived for at least eight hours, approximately after receiving the scalp injury and the bruise to the collarbone. I have never seen this before, and I doubt if hardly any forensic pathologist in the country or abroad have seen have even seen this outside of perhaps wartime so it's extremely rare end quote what the fuck yeah in his deposition ribe noted that the only injuries he had seen that came anywhere close to this were two people who had been ripped apart by dogs because as he said quote dogs go after the head oh end my quote. god yeah the apartment itself was a wreck another one of the officers on the scene detective cotter said quote I've been to a lot of crime scenes over the years, but walking into that one was just different. Stepping into the hallway that led to the bedrooms, then things started to appear, end quote. There were deep red stains on the white furniture, on the drapes, the headboard, and a lamp. There were clumps of hair uh, stuck to a razor. Officials found Cassian's right ear in a dumpster outside of the residence, though they never found her scalp. What? Yeah, never found it. Where the fuck is it? Who the fuck knows? It's fucking crazy. But there's one detail uh, that Ribe testified that I think is the worst. It's uh, a dead body cannot bleed out, which means that Kazian had been alive for the duration of this attack. And when I say bleed out, I mean that the average human body contains five liters of blood. Kazian was found with less than a teaspoon of blood in her body. Holy shit. Yeah. So... We're going to collect ourselves. This is a very, very horrible crime scene. If anyone else feels a little lightheaded. Haley's saying that uh, because I feel like I'm going to be sick and I'm not doing a good job of hiding it on camera. Yeah, I, I I mean, very, very clearly there are not any crime scene photos of this available, which I would not. I don't want to see it for anyway. No, I don't no, want to see it. I don't want to know if I can block this out. If you with have hypnosis, access to them, don't show it to me. I'm, I'm going to get hypnosis after this episode to block this whole shit and thing out. So then imagine a guy standing there in his underwear saying, hmm. oh, well, you better find out who killed her. Yeah. In the like, apartment that I barricaded. You didn't know she was dead in nothing but my underwear. I'm sorry for bringing this up again, but she has no scalp. Her skull is out. You think somebody can fucking just bounce back from that? So, the day after, Libel was arrested and charged with, quote, murder, mayhem, aggravated mayhem, and torture, end quote. And he was sent to the nation's largest mental health facility, the Twin Towers Correctional Facility in downtown Los Angeles. And he was put on one of the upper floors for the most dangerous inmates and immediately put on suicide watch. Good. At least they're yeah. being vigilant. Yeah. So, um, skipping ahead past his trial a little bit, Libel was convicted of first-degree murder, torture, and aggravated mayhem on June 20th, 2018. On June 26, 2018, he was sentenced to life in prison without parole, and in early 2019, he was ordered to pay $41.6 to the Kazian family. Good. Yeah. That's probably chump change for him, though. I mean... Also, if you see photos, like, he wasn't super cute before going to prison, but there's oh, prison photos. makes you ugly. <sighs> oh, girl. He ballooned 
It is not orange is the new black. Let me tell you that. No. It is no, never he, like that. You get worse. You don't get better. Yeah, he turned almost unrecognizable. And he got those, like, prison crazy eyes. Oh, Phil Spector. Yeah. I mean, so, his brother was the hot one anyway. I remember his brother dated Tara Reed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was mentioned in a couple of things. But he was, like... He's still not that cute. He's the hotter one, is the point. Yeah, I guess. He, it, like, it's like, okay... You've got Bert, you've got Ernie. Both of them are puppets. Both of them are weird looking. But if at the end of the day, we're going to go with Ernie because Bert looks a little bit too much like Ted Bundy. All right. Well, that's some new information I didn't <laughs> know before. Um, so tied up with the logistical repercussions of the murder, Olga Kazian was forced to miss her daughter's funeral in the Ukraine. Oh, shit. Um, it, was it was reportedly a subdued affair. But Ayanna Kazian's childhood friend... Christina Cutts attended. Cutts had grown up with Kazian, and the two were neighbors and school friends. At the funeral, Cutts listened to listened as another friend of Kazian spoke about how Libel had always seemed gentle with Kazian. Cutts said, quote, No one can think that such a terrible thing can happen. End quote. She wonders if Kazian knew something was wrong and kept it to herself. Quote, I think maybe it could be something she didn't tell anyone in his behavior. End quote. Diana, who is now a toddler, is being raised by her aunt and grandmother in the Ukraine. Family attorney Finkel says, quote, The baby, she's never going to have a normal day in her life. She's a girl whose father brutally murdered her mother. The course of her life has totally changed. One day she's going to learn the truth of her past, and it's grotesque and disturbing. End quote. Yeah. Finkel says that Olga has told him one thing over and over again. Quote, Blake didn't just kill her, he killed all of us. End quote. Oh, God. Honestly, she is so much better off being raised by her grandmother and her aunt than... Oh, yeah. Being... Raised and by she's that in the, family? And she's in the Ukraine, so, like, she's kind of, like, in a, in a sense removed from all yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. If she grew up in Hollywood... She'd know about it first day of yeah. kindergarten. Yeah, exactly. Which is fucking horrible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. that's uh, That's the story. But... This is why I was kind of interested in the case in the first place. And it has to do with Blake Libel's graphic novel, Syndrome. So, it has a 3 out of 5 on Goodreads. And the <laughs> description of the book is, quote, When a rogue neuropathologist makes a startling breakthrough, literally isolating the root of all evil in the recesses of the human brain, he'll stop at nothing to advance his theory. With the help of a naive Hollywood actress, a tormented motion picture director, and a condemned serial killer, doc Dr. Wolf Brunswick launches a bold experiment in the Nevada desert, the outcome of which could transform humanity forever. End quote. So, the cover of the novel depicts a wide-eyed baby whose scalp has been peeled off. No! Exposing the brain. Yep. Um, and in the intro... Um, that apparently Blake Libel wrote, it says, quote, if you loved hurting things, what would you do? End quote. Uh, the, get fucking help! Yeah. So the opening sequence features a grisly torture scene, including a body no. dripping with blood. No. Another scene portrayed a beheaded woman lying on a bed in a pool of blood, and a character named Dr. Wolf Chitel, which is the maiden name of Blake's mother. Yep hires an actress to role play with him and then nearly kills her 
the theme seems somewhat similar to the coroner's testimony because Ayanna Kazian was found lying on a bloodstained mattress with the majority of her scalp removed and drained of most of her blood. Apart from those details, however, Syndrome presents a story that was very, very different from libels. Robert Ryan, who writes under the name R.J. Ryan, is a co-author of Syndrome and was called to testify at libel's trial by the prosecution. He told jurors that Libel didn't write or illustrate those scenes in the book, but did say that Libel had final editorial approval on everything in the book. Ryan described the process of conceiving the novel, quote, the question we all latched onto was, how do you treat evil? End quote. The book does deal heavily in questions about evil and what compels killers to do unconscionable acts. Uh. Ryan and Libel uh, Ryan said that Libel provided a page and a half outline of what the novel would be. From there, Ryan and co-author Daniel Quates wrote a script and provided it to David Marquez for illustrations. Aside from the character names and the concept of a man obsessed with reforming serial killers, Ryan said that Libel had little to do with the writing process and even said that out of dozens of meetings on the book, Libel attended less than 10. Quote, he gave us tons of freedom. We would talk. We would all talk, and when we were thrilled with something, we would put it in front of Blake, and we wanted Blake's approval, end quote. But Ryan did confirm that Libel came up with the idea of the victims being drained of their blood, uh-huh. saying, quote, Blake told us that he had done a lot of research on serial killers, end quote. Yeah, well, being one counts as a lot of research. I know he's not a serial killer, but he's a killer, I'm going to call it. Yeah, so... Ryan mimicked how Libel jerked his hands upwards, illustrating how a victim would be flipped upside down to drain them, to drain them of their blood. Um, but according to Chief Medical Examiner Jonathan Lucas' testimony, uh, Kazian was not hung to, drain, to be drained of her blood. She, showed, she actually showed signs of being submerged in water, um, which include foam in the nostrils, wrinkled, wrinkled fingertips leading prosecutors to suggest that she had been put in a bathtub with running water that would have hastened the release of blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So not in the same way that like he described, but still if he had a fascination and did a lot of research into the topic of like how to drain someone of their blood, he probably would have known that that is a distinct possibility. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry to bum you out, but that's where it ends. I'm supposed to eat dinner after this, Haley. I know. I told you it was a rough one. Yeah, but you didn't say, hey, maybe eat before you come. Then again, tell, it may not still I'm be gonna, me. I'm going to do a, a, permanent, uh, a permanent rule. Anyone who's listening to this podcast, how about you, you figure out what is best for your stomach? Mm-mm. on when you want to eat before or after listening to the podcast right i mean i feel like that's a good rule for anything for example i learned that i should not eat before a krav maga class otherwise everybody gets to see what i've eaten 15 minutes in yeah so no i no longer do this you probably shouldn't have like a big meal before working out yeah you definitely shouldn't have chicken francais which is a huge side of penne yeah, don't carbo load before you go work out, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah, but but I didn't pass out. All right. Well, it's the little that. things. It's the little things. We yeah. gotta end. We gotta end it on a light note. So why not some self-deprecating humor? Just yeah. <sighs> um, 
But like I said, I got most of the information on this from a very long article by The Hollywood Reporter called Murder, Mayhem, and Torture Off the Sunset Strip, the tragic story of the budding director and his dead girlfriend. Kind of rough title. Yeah. Um, but they're they're very but, they're a good um what's the word that I'm looking for? Reliable resource. Like they're a good they're a good source. Yeah. Well and not just that they're that's why I their kind of, articles are really good. Like I'd say it's yeah. borderline like the rolling stone of entertainment. Yeah, it was kinda of written out like a uh novel. Like a real story. Yeah. Yeah. Like not just reporting on a case. It it was written like a story. Right. Um Yeah, so that is that case and hopefully next week it won't be as graphic it won't be that i can guarantee okay, good. it won't be graphic it'll be a bummer it just won't be graphic anyway um for more information on this case we'll be posting stuff on the website which is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com yep that is uh, it you can also find the links to our social media there um facebook instagram twitter there's a link to our Patreon that you can join. And I think that's it. I hope that's it. Yeah. This one. I hope your quarantine not fun. is going well. It's not anymore. No. Now you gotta think about this all day. Yeah. Well that's Sorry. the thing. That's the thing. Like I don't just think about it. Like I can see it in my mind's eye with these things, and that's the worst part, because thinking about it is one thing. Seeing it is another. Yeah. Fuck no. No, 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 no. I'm not here for this. Yeah. Okay. So, we will see you next Tuesday. Yeah, we will. Hopefully we'll be recovered by then. Bye. Bye.